Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Um, before I go into today's lesson, I want to tell you that yesterday we shared about the power of the new creation, what God has done in us through Christ Jesus. And then we kind of, I, we started that day before yesterday, continued on that yesterday. And today I'm going to start with that, but then I'm going to go into something else. But first of all, uh, I have some good news for you. And that is, I mean, it's general good news. I called some friends and some pastors this morning on the phone. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear the reports out there. Now, as you know, that uh, the churches uh, are not holding any services in their buildings, but they're doing live stream. And the pastors and my friends, church leaders have told me, I mean, the numbers of people who are watching them online, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So I really believe that we are going to come out of this uh, coronavirus crisis stronger and better than before, because uh, I mean, the churches have really, it's good to see the churches that were, that have really stepped up to the plate and are reaching the people. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine in uh, Denmark, this lady and her husband, they are kind of have leadership position in a church there. And she told me that their church holds a, a prayer and worship uh, thing every evening. For an hour, they get together. There's just two worshipers and one pastor. And the worshipers lead singing, just two of them singing. And, uh, and then they have uh, the pastor shares a little word. And every night they've got hundreds and hundreds of people participating. So all these are good signs. These are good signs. The other thing is that because of this coronavirus, we see people, you know, families coming together, uh, people who have been stressed out, coming to a place of rest. Uh, instead of hearing all the cars there, you hear the sound of birds twittering. And then you hear, you know, people uh, have come closer together. People are calling their friends to ask about how they are doing. Normally people don't do that. Everybody kind of think of thinks of themselves, but nowadays we see people calling each other, checking on their friends, and I have done that too. And I'm going to do that uh, today, later on, call some of my friends and check on them. And so, you know, all, all these are good things. In the midst of the bad, it is a lot of good that is going on, and we praise God for that. But anyway, I was sharing with you about the power of the new creation and, uh, you know, all those things, the realities of redemption, what we are talking about. And tomorrow we'll start talking about healing. Uh, we are going to, I'm, and I'm going to teach you about healing, uh, about the fundamentals of healing, how to receive healing, how to stand in, 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 in divine health, and how to minister healing to the sick and all those things. So we're going to talk about all that. And uh, we have time. We are not going anywhere. And anyway, so uh, now what I said yesterday that we have received all this by the grace of God and that the greatest gift of all is, is the gift of righteousness because that opens the door to everything. The gift of righteousness is the doorway to, to, uh, to, to, to healing, to every blessing that God has for us in Christ. Uh, the gift of righteousness uh, has, you know, is, is the doorway to our fellowship with God because righteousness basically is the ability to stand before God without guilt, without condemnation 
Um, and that right standing with God is something we could have never earned on our own, but it is a gift of God. And that is the greatest gift of all. Uh, we call it the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness that is given to us. We have been saved and that's wonderful. Then he says, uh, then I want to read to you a couple of verses. It says, for not because of works, that's Ephesians 2 verses 9 and 10, but not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should boast. It is not the result of what anyone can possibly do, so no one can pride himself in it or take glory to himself. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. That's why the verses are long, but the Amplified Version explains the verses very clearly. So, so this gift of righteousness, this wonderful salvation, is not because of our works. It's because of, of his grace alone. Why? So that nobody should be able to boast that I did this. In fact, anything that comes out of our lives, uh, if God uses us to heal the sick or cast out devils or anything, we, we can never take glory unto ourselves. And uh, and I must add this, that if, if you believe God is calling you to a ministry of healing and deliverance or anything, uh, you know, there are certain things that really catch people's eyes and their imagination. And, and those things have a, uh, there's a potential there of people looking at you and putting you on a pedestal. And there's a great temptation for those who are used by God of exalting themselves above others and gaining mileage out of these things. Uh, these are these are dangerous pitfalls. Years ago, many years ago, I'm talking about 30, 35 years ago, the Lord said to me, he said to me, I'm going to use you, but you've got to promise me these things. Firstly, I'm going to use you, but never, number one, never use the testimonies of what I do to draw attention to yourself. And secondly, never use what I do for financial gain. And so don't, you know, as the Lord says, if you promote me, promote my gospel, I'll always have places for you to preach. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you financially. And God has been faithful. So just, just watch it uh, because the gifts of God are given to us for service, for we can serve other people in love and they're not for exalting ourselves. So these are things to be, to be, uh, that we should be mindful of and remind ourselves of all the time because it is only because of Jesus and his cross and his blood and his life in us. Thank God for that. Now, then it says, verse 10, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, born in you, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, that we should walk in them. In other words, it seems to me that God has a destiny for us. Now, I'm not a Calvinist, you know, I'm not talking about in those terms of predestination, but there is a sense of predestination in the sense that God has prepared a good life for you and me, a life full of testimonies and for his glory, a life full of soul winning and blessing, you know, and a lot of fruit to come out of our lives that will touch others. And, and God has prepared those things for us. And so God wants us to walk in them. You know, God wants us to find the path he has for us so that we begin, we can begin to walk in those things and, and be fruitful. Now, life is like a cart with two wheels. One wheel is the traditional way we teach people that here's the Bible. If you 
believe in and you follow the principles of the Bible, you can build a good life and God can bless you. And many people will testify, you know, how God has healed their marriage, healed their family, healed their body, blessed them financially, blessed them in different areas of life by using the principles of the Bible. But the other wheel of the cart is your destiny. You will never truly be happy unless you're walking in God's plan and purpose for your life. And that's what destiny is, his plan and purpose for your life. So the, here, here it says that, that we are his workmanship. That means, you know, he's the potter, we are the clay, and he's doing his work in us so that we find our purpose and we walk in those purpose and we have a life full of testimonies to the glory of God. And I pray that each one of you would find that path and because that's when you'll truly be satisfied. It is not things, it's not money, nor the things of this world that make you truly happy and satisfied, but it is finding your purpose. Anyway, let's, let's go to the next thing. And the next thing is, uh, is, is Romans 8, 1 and 2. These are the two verses I want to, I want to share with you this verse and another verse and another verse. And so we'll wrap up this part of the power of the new creation. And then we'll go uh, into, we'll start talking about healings and miracles. And I don't know if we'll make it today, but definitely tomorrow. So it says in Romans 8, 12, therefore there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong. That's what it means. Condemnation means when we are judged for wrong. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. Now, this is good. What it basically says that if you are in Christ Jesus, if you are in Christ Jesus and you, you have uh, walked away from the ways of the flesh and you're following the spirit of God, uh, then there's absolutely no condemnation on you because you're in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, there is no condemnation. It means that if you're in Christ, you're living in Christ, uh, then you will never be judged for uh, or counted guilty for wrong by God because you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ and then it says uh, there's no condemnation on you because it says because the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ, has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, the law of sin and death was actually the law of Moses. And under the law of Moses, um, there was sin and sin was judged by death. Sin and death, sin and death. So there was this cycle of sin and death and you never got out of it. You were, I mean, you were judged, you were condemned right from the onset. It, that was your destiny because, you know, there was no way out of sin. But now there is a way out of sin and that is in Christ. And when we are in Christ, what happens is that there's another law that begins to work in us and it's not the law of sin and death, but it's the law of the spirit of life. Hallelujah. We have received the life of God, life abundantly. We have received the law of the spirit of life and that touches our spirit, that touches our soul, that touches our body. Now, let me tell you a story. Uh, there's this famous story of John G. Lake. 
the famous missionary who went to Africa, who founded the Apostolic Faith Mission, um, Pentecostal missionary. And he had this powerful ministry of healing and miracles. And there was a bubonic plague in South Africa. And Dr. John G. Lake was actually a physician. And he was ministering to people, laying hands on the sick and praying for them. And, it, and, and the bubonic plague was so contagious that anyone who touched a person who had the plague got it. So they said to him, they said, Dr. Lake, aren't you afraid this thing will come upon you? He says, no, these things will not touch me. They cannot touch me because I live under the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Inside me, there is a law at work. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that is stronger than anything else that is outside me. And if any um, any of these spores or any of these uh, germs of the bubonic plague touch me, they're going to die. So what they did, they actually put his hand under a microphone, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> microscope. They put it under a microscope and they put some of the spores on his hand. And as they watched the microscope, as those things touched his hand, they died because what is in us is greater than what is in the world. The life that is in us is greater than the death that is in this world. The life of Christ that flows in us his blood is in our blood flowing through our veins that is greater than all the sin and the disease and death in the world. And that's what, beloved, this is something, especially these days, we as Pentecostal Christians have to seek. We have to seek the power of God and seek that so we can walk, walk in that kind of power. Hallelujah. And it is available for all of us by faith. Amen. And and I know, you know, I'm and I'm, I'm just saying this is just a personal thought. I woke up this morning thinking there's so many people who have criticized teaching on faith and healing and they have, uh, you know, they have attacked men of God who have taught these things. But now we are in a situation where we really need it. And so I would uh, uh, I would really advise you to 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 fill yourself. Don't listen to the theological criticisms of, of, of intellectual people or religious people, but be filled with the word, be filled with the spirit of God. Amen. You know, in my in my garage, I've got a, a gadget. It's actually it charges your battery. You can leave it plugged down to the wall and it's got a battery inside and it's fully charged. I keep it fully charged. So if my car ever runs out of juice, ever runs out of battery power uh, or, or, or there's no air in the tire, I can plug that thing in and that thing has enough power to start my car or to put air in my tires. So, and I keep that thing charged up. In the same way, in the same way, we should always be charged up with the word of God, charged up with the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost, even when there's no need of healing or anything. But we 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 walk full of the word, full of the Holy Ghost. So when that day comes, we are charged up and ready to go. Hallelujah. That is that is the Pentecostal lifestyle. Amen. So the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, it has set us free and it has put us above the law of sin and death. The greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Then in Colossians 1.13, it says, the father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. That means this is the last thing I want to share with you about this new birth, about this wonderful experience of the new birth, that what the Father has done 
is that he has drawn us, you know, salvation, the salvation experience is such a wonderful thing that God has actually drawn us, taken us out of the dominion of darkness and put us into the kingdom of his son. Now, uh, let me let me tell you this story to, to, to illustrate this. You know, I grew up in a Muslim country and uh, many of you know this story already. And I got saved at the age of 21. I was messed up, suicidal. Uh, uh, I, I you know, never heard of Jesus, never seen a Bible. And anyway, I received Jesus and I was severely persecuted. Uh, and then what happened was I was in prison and uh, they tortured me. Anyway, don't want to go into all that, but I was treated very badly. Then they threatened to kill me. So I had to escape and uh, I escaped through many different countries and then finally ended up in, 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 in Belgium and Holland. Then I went to Sweden. And when I was in Sweden, the pastor who had baptized me back home, uh, he had been killed by the fundamentalists for baptizing me. And uh, so I was advised to seek political asylum. I requested political asylum in Sweden and I became a citizen. Now, when I became a citizen, this is what happened. I was, you know, I, when I became a citizen of Sweden, uh, my citizenship in my old country was taken away. You know, I, uh, because Sweden has an agreement with that country, uh, with my home country, that when uh, a person became a Swedish citizen, he was automatically released from that, citizens, uh, that citizenship. So until I became a citizen of the kingdom of Sweden, I was actually a wanted man there. Not only that, but after I became a citizen, one day I was, uh, I ran into this guy and uh, he came from the same place where I came from. He was a Muslim guy and he told me, he says, uh, Alam, he called me Alam. He said, Alam, I want you to know that uh, there's some people from the intelligence services from there their embassy in Stockholm who have been shadowing you. I said, how do you know that? He says, I know them there, especially this one guy. He has been following you around. They know who you are, what you do, uh, and you should be careful. And I just laughed. I said, you know what? They cannot touch me. They could touch me when I lived there, when I was their citizen. I lived there and they could touch me. They could arrest me. They could torture me, imprison me. They could kill me. They tried. They did all these things except the killing part. But I said, but now I'm here. I'm a citizen here. These people cannot lay a finger on me. They can follow me around and watch me as long as much as they want, but they cannot touch me. And, uh, and, and because, and then I remembered because immediately after that, I read the scripture and I said, what a fantastic illustration. I've been taken out of one kingdom and I've been put into another kingdom. And because I've been put into this kingdom, I am not subject to the laws of the old kingdom. I'm now subject to the laws of this kingdom. So once I was in Satan's dominion and that, but now I've been taken out of Satan's dominion and I'm in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And because I am in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the son of God, Satan does not have the right to dictate to me. He doesn't have the right to dictate anything to me. He cannot control my life or death. He cannot touch me because he has no control over me. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he says, I am the one who holds the, holds the keys to death and to the grave. So I always say this, that it is not Satan who holds the keys to my 
uh, to my grave. He's not the one who decides when he can take me out, but it is Jesus alone. Jesus is the one who holds the keys to my life and to my death and to everything that pertains to me. My life is in his hands and uh, he holds the keys to my life and to my death. And that's why Paul said for me to live is Christ and to die is gain because it's all in the hands of Jesus. And that is why we don't walk in the fear of sickness. We don't walk in the fear of sin. We don't walk in the fear of death or disease or demons because Jesus has trampled all these things underfoot. He has destroyed their works. He has defeated them and he has taken us out of the dominion of darkness. And we are now in the kingdom of his beloved son and our lives are hidden in Christ, in God. And greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Yes, there is trouble in this world. Jesus said, yes, in this life you will have trouble. But fear not because I have overcome the world. Life is not perfect. The world is not perfect. But our God is perfect. His word is perfect. The Holy Ghost is perfect. The word is still the same. The Holy Ghost is still the same. Jesus is still the same. And the greater one lives in us. So no matter how difficult things are or what the opposition is, you and I, beloved, you and I are going to win. Hallelujah. We are destined to win. We are sentenced to victory. God bless you. And tomorrow we'll start talking about the healing of the physical body. Uh, we have talked these last four days about what Jesus has done in our hearts. Now we're going to talk about the healing body, healing of the physical body, because the full gospel is not just forgiveness of sins and salvation for your soul, but is the salvation of the soul. It is the healing of the body, is the deliverance of, of the mind, is the restoration of man in every area, and is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All those things are part of the full gospel. So, but let, let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching this and who are listening to my voice. I thank you that your covenant promises are true. I thank you, Jesus, that you are our savior, our healer, our deliverer, that upon that cross you bore upon your own self our sins and our diseases, and by your stripes we are healed. Father, I pray if there's anybody out there who is watching this who is sick, I curse every sickness and disease in their bodies, and I speak life and health to you in the name of Jesus, and I declare that you are free, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for those who are tormented in their minds in the name of Jesus. I curse all kinds of torment and I speak peace. The peace of God be upon you. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. May your home, your family, everything you put your hand to be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.